Hey, Sticks and Stones fans, welcome to episode six. This episode is brought to you by Ultima Replenisher. Ultima is an electrolyte replenisher made with six electrolytes, minerals, real fruit flavor extracts, plant-based colors and sweeteners with organic stevia leaf. Without sugar, carbs, or calories, their vegan electrolyte powder is your go-to choice for healthy hydration and replenishment for before, during, and after exercise. Please use our code STONES20 on their website for 20% off your order. Now to the episode. Gino, how was your weekend? Pretty good fun. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, I thought it was one of the best weekends I've had in a while. Um, not just because I got to spend the entire weekend with you, um, but it was sick just seeing that high-level cross. The venue uh, down in Naples was, you know, probably the best venue I've seen a lacrosse game at um, and really excited to see how they continue to uh, grow the game down here, uh, especially in that area. And it was just awesome to see two, you know, high-level D1 teams, um, you know, going to battle. And it was a great game, too. I mean, it wasn't like Ohio State blew them out. It was pretty neck and neck up until the fourth quarter when Ohio State kind of ran away with it a little bit. But it was awesome. What about you? Yeah, no, obviously an awesome experience. Um, being down there and kind of being in South Florida is always always a good time, but especially when you kind of bring that high-level lacrosse down there for the first time in history, um, I think it's just going to be something that's going to be a very well every time occurrence. Um, I mean, now we just um, spoke about it and we just saw they posted that Notre Dame and Yale women's um, are going to be playing there on March 20th. Um, so another opportunity for Florida people to get some high level lacrosse in and especially the girls game growing that, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it was just, the facilities were ridiculous. I mean, they had literally like an outdoor tiki bar, like probably 50 yards from the stadium where parents were just getting absolutely blitzed. And then they had to literally walk back from there right before the game. They were there for probably like three hours and they had to walk back in walk straight past the sticks and stones tent. Love that. Some drunk moms buying some shirts. Can't go wrong with that. But then <laughs> literally like what, what a cool opportunity. I mean, and they were, I, I was shocked with the prices of like beers and shit too. Like Corona's for a can of Corona. It was like three bucks. Like yeah, that's ridiculous. Crazy. You can't get that anywhere. Even if you bought a case at the store, they're like almost not even three bucks a can. Um, like, so pretty awesome. Um, and like something that they're going to be able to grow with. And they also have, I think like, something crazy, like 30 fields or something there, like grass and turf fields. Um, so they're going to be able to do some pretty cool tournaments there. So um, if you're a, a Florida Lacs player, you're going to be definitely going there um, for some pretty cool tournaments. It kind of felt like an IMG vibe without like the school buildings is what I took from it. But then on top of that, with the lacrosse aspect, um, phenomenal game. Um, it, like you said, it was close to the end. Um, then Ohio State kind of ran away with it with like two or three goals in the last five minutes um, to make it a five goal game. Uh, of course, the spread didn't hit, so fuck us. But yeah, um, bad. yeah, gambling is not going too phenomenal for the boys right now. Um, not that I'm gambling. That is, at Marcel, director of compliance at St. Leo, not gambling. Uh, yeah, of course not. Gina's just giving me tips, and the tips are terrible. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that that didn't go well. But um, pretty cool game, obviously. We're going to be sharing some of our content with you that we got. Um, we got very lucky and kind of got to be a little bit of like a, a celebrity and kind of roam around the sideline the entire game um, and be amongst the players and the coaches. And it was a very cool experience. And you really do see the level of play and the speed and the size that they have when you're watching the game from the sideline, not from the stands. Um, they are absolute animals flying around. Um, and while we're on that, shout out Justin Nacio for another killer performance 
Um, I believe he went 20 for 29 um, and just an absolute beast. Um, so good for him. Good for Ohio to keep that run going. Um, I think that they're going to, I don't think they're stopping anytime soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't disagree. I was very impressed. And like, I haven't really watched a D1 game live since I've got to college. Um, and just to see that like D2 is obviously very high level across, but just to see the difference in like size, like you said, and like speed that they're playing at is honestly like crazy. Those guys, especially like Big Ten lacrosse and like Ivy League, like ACC, like those guys are just at a completely different level. Like that bottom 30 of D1, I'd say is pretty relatively similar to D2. Um, but that that top echelon of divisional lacrosse is just absolutely nuts. Just the way they bang the ball around and it's like, there's n- nobody on that field that wasn't, you know, a two or three time All-American in high school, you know, probably has their school benching records and squatting records because they're just absolute behemoths. Um, so it was just sick to see. And Jack Myers is disgusting. That's probably the best across player I've seen up close in college. Uh, guy literally had like, what was it? Seven points. Like, do you go two and five or something ridiculous like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he, I think he was like, yeah, he definitely had a couple points, like big time. Um, and then Jackson Reed as well. He had like a hat trick in like a minute period. It was ridiculous. And they were all like the same goal. I got one of them recorded, um, but literally it was just so fast. Like I literally was sitting there and like two of them were in like transition. So I didn't get them. And then like the last one I barely <laughs> caught, um, but like just three stings um, from his lefty spot. Um, but yeah, Jack Myers, I, I didn't really know much about him or kind of, do enough research. Um, but obviously like the week before against UNC, he went off. Um, and I was very impressed with his play. Um, and he's another guy that I was shocked like by his size, yeah. um, like up close, like he is a monster. That guy is huge. Like he's probably like six, four. Um, and he's just working it. Like the one I will give, um, I'm not sure who it was. Um, but the Harvard defender that covered him actually did a pretty good job. He didn't really get any open looks, just like dodging past someone and scoring. Yeah. Um, he, he had to put some work in and split some double teams. Um, but that, that defender definitely had a good game. So shout out whoever that was. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know the number or the name. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent with that statement. Um, but yeah, awesome weekend as a whole. Um, not an awesome weekend for, for Duke lacrosse and the ACC as a whole Notre Dame and Duke kind of dropping games to, you know, Penn in Georgetown, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about Duke? Are, are we hopping off the, the bandwagon? Are they not as special as we thought they are? Or are they just, you know, classic Duke losing in February to figure out what's wrong with their team. And then they go on a run and, you know, nobody stops them from here on out. I'm very curious. I don't know. I mean, Duke's Duke's scaring me a little bit, to be honest. I think um, their offense is very good and they have all the pieces, but I think we're starting to see that when they play higher level teams that they're, defensive core is not what it used to be. Um, and they don't have like studs like JT there anymore, um, to kind of hold down that defense and kind of be their quarterback. Um, Adler is playing great in the net, um, but a goalie can only make so many saves. Um, so I think that we're starting to see that aspect. Um, I don't think it's over for Duke yet, but I think they're one like mediocre loss away for, for having some scary thoughts if they don't win their, their conference tournament. Um, so I think that right now they're okay, but I think they're one, one risky loss away from kind of having some questionable decisions to make coming into the conference tournament. Um, I agree. And then Notre Dame, I think that that game realistically could have gone either way. Um, Notre Dame, Georgetown is a great matchup. 
Um, we rode with Notre Dame and we thought that they were going to win, but um, you know, I mean, whatever it was anyone's game, Georgetown is a phenomenal team. Um, we just thought that Notre Dame had more pieces and the Kavanaugh's were going to go off and their defense has been historically um, very phenomenal. So I think that those games, I mean, they're both, both teams could have won or lost those games. Um, but whatever the, the teams that we thought were going to win did not come on top. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, you know, kind of a shock to me. Um, and I'm, I'm just very surprised. Like, I knew Penn was a good team, but I did not know they were that good. Like, Sam Handley is disgusting. Um, and, you know, he's kind of that similar role to a guy like Brendan O'Neill, kind of draws a lot of attention, you know, big presence. But I didn't think they had the role players that Duke does. I mean, you look at their um, – they're starting six on offense and pretty much every guy was a top five recruit when in, in their respective class guy, Andrew McAdory first or first overall um, recruit. What was Dyson like second or third? He was up there. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon O'Neill's number one. I mean, Nakai Montgomery has had, you know, a hell of a career. Um, and it's just like, you look at Penn and it's not a lot of big name guys, but they operate better as a team. And it's not always, it goes to show you, it's not always, you know, you have one stud, it doesn't make your whole team. It's, it's the cohesiveness of the entire offense that's going to make you um, thrive. And, and we saw that with Georgetown as well. Um, there's, only, there's only one ball, right? Yep. There's exactly. so many studs, but there's only one ball. They can only do so much. Like these guys, a lot of them do have the skill to be off-ball players, but at the same time, they're all used to being the guy and having the ball on their stick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they need, they need guys to be kind of more role players, and I think we're seeing that big time right now with Maryland. Um, that's what Maryland is showing that they're not, they don't care who has the ball. They're all working in their own respective ways and they're all putting up numbers. It's not like one or two guys. It's all six to eight of them are all putting up numbers. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Um, you know, and then we also got still on the Duke train high point played Duke last night um, on Tuesday. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be the, uh, the coffin there for Duke. Uh, dropping to high point last night. I mean, going into half, it was it was eight eight, and then high point came out of the second half and you know scored the first goal. Uh, and I was like, oh, here we go again, like another SoCon school beating Duke. Um, and Asher Nolting is just disgusting. Guy had eight points, uh, and I think he's going to be a really underrated draft pick coming this summer to the PLL. You know, you could throw him out of the box and have that nightmare against the shorty. Um, keep him at attack and the kid's going to dominate. I'm very excited to see who he lands with. Cause he's definitely going to get drafted. And if he's not at least a third team all American this year, I'm going to be, be upset with that committee because he's clearly shown that he is a dominant force. Um, no, he's, he's, he's in beast mode right now. That guy is, he's been, been an animal and he's been kind of just like a big, put your shoulder down and go guy, um, which has been proven to be successful for him and high points offense. Um, like, I mean, they lost a couple key pieces last year, so he needed to kind of take on a little bit of a bigger role. Um, and he's, he's shown to be that leader. So that's good for him and great for high point going forward. But again, on that game, 32 goals scored in yeah, that game. Nuts. That is crazy. That is, nuts. um, like, I, I don't know what the over under was for that game, but 32 goals. That is ridiculous. That, really that just is. shows how powerful both those offenses are, but at the same time, the defenses, that's a very good point. Like, yeah, like like we said about Duke, like I think um, what High Point ended up getting 12, 12 or 15, 15 goals. 
1814 was the final. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's, that's a lot of goals. Like it's hard to let up that many goals and still win, but yeah. it's because their offense is so, so heavy that they can kind of score 18 goals. Yeah. But if their offense has an off day, you can't let in 14 goals and win the game. That's absurd. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, still on talking about wagons in the SoCon Jacksonville, they're legit. I don't think anybody can argue, you know, the Duke game was a fluke. They beat Denver. They beat air force. They handily beat Marquette. Like these, these guys are, I think they're the real deal. And that tough transfer, Max Waldburn, Waldbum, I probably botched that, but kids disgusting. Like, I think it shows that just how crazy good the NESCAC is. Like he was an all American, but like nobody really heard about him. It's not like he was putting up, you know, 400 points in his career at, at Tufts. Like he had a great career there, but um, to see him dominate at the division one level and playing, you know, solid ACC, Big East teams, like kid is an actual monster. He has 30 points in six games and playing very good teams. It's not like he's, playing against UMass Lowell and NJIT and getting six points in those games. He's getting six points against Duke and, and Denver and, and just absolutely putting Jacksonville on the map, pumped to see them continue their, their dominance. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I love, I'm all for the Jacks bandwagon. I mean, good for them. They're absolutely going off right now. Um, so big, big fans of that. Um, especially we've been hyping up to SoCon since the first episode we had. So Excited for that team to kind of be making a statement. Um, and I'm really excited to see that SOCON conference tournament. I'm like, I can't wait for it. I yeah, think that's going to be an absolute bloodbath. I yeah. think those teams are literally just going to go toe to toe and they're going to be like two old games and they're going to be phenomenal games. There's so much talent there that's kind of gets brushed under the rug with ACC teams and stuff. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be very cool to watch. And I think Jacksonville's not done yet. I think that they have some more big games to play. And I think that they're really going to make a statement. And even if for some reason they don't make um, the, they don't, uh, sorry, win the, the SoCon conference, I think with the wins they have right now, as long as they keep consistently winning, they're definitely getting a bid into the comp or the NCAA tournament. 100%. 100%. No question. And you never know when, once it gets to the tournament, anything can happen. It's like March madness. Anything can happen. Once they get into that tournament, they can upset anyone. They've proven to upset big teams already. And especially in that tournament, anything can happen. I agree. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm super pumped. Um, still on on that train of college across in this past weekend, Hopkins, North Carolina, Chris Gray. Kid is, you know, I, I know we've kind of had our doubts against UNC not having anybody else, but Chris Gray just continuing to dominate. Kid had seven goals and two assists against Hopkins. Um, it was no slouch of a team by any means. I know they've struggled a little bit. Um, this past year and last year, but to put up almost 10 points on a big 10 team, like that's crazy. Actually crazy. Um, no, he's, he, he's really proving to be um, a star. I mean, we knew, we knew he was a star. He was the favorite for the two Orton award, but I mean, he's really kind of coming into his own and kind of making a statement and saying like, like, this is my team. Um, I'm going to take control of this year. Um, and he's also making a great statement right now to be the first overall draft pick in the PLL. Very true. Very um, true. Which is up, which is up for grabs. Um, so yeah. I think that he's really trying to make that statement, even if UNC struggles and they don't get to go on a championship run. I think that's probably somewhere in the back of his head. Obviously he's more worried about winning a championship, but I think 
he's got to kind of make that statement as well um, for himself and for his future. Um, but no, I think, again, we, we've talked a lot of shit about UNC and said that we don't think they have the pieces, but um, I mean, they're going to continue to play well. They're going to continue to beat teams that they should beat as long as they show up. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's great to see um, Chris Gray kind of doing that um, and shout out to him as well. Um, him coming on the pod, I think in probably about two weeks. So that's coming soon. So pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Got to, got to hype him up now. Um, continuing that, you know, get a stone's bump. So guy's going to put up 20, um, but still on the, the topic of college across um, also underrated game, UVA pumped juice. Um, not really sure what to, to say about that. Syracuse coming off two, two L's, but you know, they're playing good teams. So curious to see how they bounce back. Um, and then they play, they play this week. Uh, I'm looking at the games right now. Uh, they have a bye this week. Oh, really? Oh, no, I'm sorry. They play Hobart on Sunday, which is going to be a good game. Hobart's sneaky good this year. I agree. I agree. I think if Q's, if Q's doesn't want their season to kind of fall apart between their fingers, I think that they need to come out and absolutely pump Hobart. Yeah. Um, like they're, they just lost two games, obviously two teams that are in the top three in the nation right now. So like, that's, that's okay. You can lose to those teams. That's yes. fine. Um, but like they need to come out and play pissed off and absolutely run all over um, Hobart and kind of make a statement to say that they're still here and there's still things happening for them. And hopefully they can kind of roll that into the next kind of handful of games and see where they end up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know we kind of discussed this, not doing picks this week just because the boys are down bad with our, with our, with our gambling. I mean, Shans is down bad in, in his gambling, um, but just kind of some, some games that I'm, I'm looking at inside of cross right now that kind of stick out to me. I think Cornell, Ohio state's going to be a great game. Um, Cornell, very solid team this year. I um, I'm excited to see that Ohio state coming off a big game. Uh, UNC Denver, always a good game. Um, you know, both teams that are still trying to, you know, find their way. Um, Denver really hasn't had um, any crazy wins this year. And North Carolina is still on that, that um, you know, up and coming. So curious to see um, how that goes. I think it's just going to be a very good game of lacrosse. Uh, and whoever wins that, I think um, that's going to kickstart the, the run that they go on. Um, and then Georgetown Princeton, uh, I'll get your take on that. But Princeton played Maryland to a five-goal game, I think it was, 15-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one's really talking about Princeton. I, I think that's going to be a sneaky good game that not a lot of people are expecting. And if I had to look at the spread, not that I'm going to gamble on it, I would definitely take um, Princeton's spread. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Like I'm assuming DraftKings is going to predict it to be. Um, I think that it's going to be a good game. And, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, all those games sound great. I mean, this weekend, again, every Saturday is always – um, a great weekend for lacrosse. Um, can you try to find while I'm talking, can you try to yeah. find the draftings um, and see, but I think overall, I mean, the, the Cornell game, um, Cornell's kind of been sneaky as well. I mean, yeah. CJ Kirsten net has been an absolute or CJ Kirst is attack. Sorry. The other curse is the goalie at Rutgers too many of them. Um, but cursed on attack for Cornell has been absolutely dominant. He's been filling the net. I think he was like four and two last week. Um, but yeah, they're, the Cornell is playing well. I mean, obviously it's going to be a tough one, um, but the Georgetown game, that's going to be questionable. I think, um, I think Georgetown should absolutely pump them, but 
they did play a good game against Maryland, Princeton. So, I mean, hopefully they can kind of turn that into the next weekend. But I think that Georgetown kind of coming off a huge win over Notre Dame, that should build up their confidence and kind of help them kind of roll into the next round of games and like kind of the the back half of this season. Yeah, the spread on that game is one and a half. Uh, oh yeah that's that's terrible i'm definitely taking wait for which game for ohio state they don't have the georgetown game um oh really yeah yeah because it's going to be too much of a blowout i'm I'm calling it over six all right we'll debate there i'm I'm curious to see that game um another huge game that i think is going to be kind of a tell of how Notre dame's gonna you know bounce back after that loss against georgetown they're playing maryland um so that we'll have to Get together on Saturday and what's what's the spread? What, yeah, what's the spread on that one? Um, that game is going to be a like Notre Dame's going to be yeah. not happy about how their week went last week. Yeah. I think that okay, and Maryland's obviously favorited. Yeah, I, I would take Maryland two and a half, one hundred percent. I think Maryland's yeah. just way Maryland's way too good, All right. and Notre Dame's going to be in the dumps coming off a loss. Um, Maryland's like very high right now. I think that they definitely need someone to kind of knock them off their pedestal just so they're not too confident. Um, yeah. I don't think they need to lose, but I think like a one or two goal game with Notre Dame would only help Maryland. I, agree. Um, I think that it would kind of give them a little bit of humbling and make them realize we are the best right now, but if we don't show up, we can lose to some of these teams. Um, I but I, I don't think that Maryland loses that game. Maryland is, just going absolutely off right now. They're all killing it. Their right. their starting six is just too way way too good. Way right, too good. Fair, fair enough. Um, and then you know before we hop over to our awesome interview with with Drake Porter and he kind of talks about where he is in his career. Um, awesome guy, hilarious. You guys are gonna love that interview. But big goalie news out of the PLL. Drew Adams, Penn State alum. Um, guys had a hell of a career. Um, in the PLL with the Archers and in the MLL um, with the Lizards, uh, Drew Adams retiring, uh, big news and kind of we're kind of seeing a pretty big void in, in some goalie situations, some goalie rooms in the PLL, uh, and hopefully you know we see some guys that didn't get picked up, um, you know find find a new home in in the PLL. Yeah, I think the smart thing to do for some of these PLL teams, I mean, no goalies were drafted last year in the draft. Um, cause again, there's only two spots, really no teams carrying three right now because of their travel model. Yeah. Um, well, Alex, so Alex road got picked up by the Alice in the, in the free agency, but we don't okay. know what's happening like with that. Cause they have JD Colarusso, um, can cannon and then Alex road for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, most teams again, aren't really traveling with three, so it's, it's tough. I mean, there's only two goalie spots for eight teams, right? yes yeah so i mean that's that's tough um and there's so many good goalies like like we just mentioned i mean we have drake porter coming on the podcast was a syracuse stud was preseason goalie of the year his senior year yeah um like absolute stud um and like he didn't get picked up last year and i'll let him kind of tell his story a bit in the interview but i mean yeah like he he knew he kind of knew he was like it's tough like I, i know i'm good and i know that i can play at that level He's like, but there's just no openings and like teams once, like once you ride with your goalie, you kind of have to stay with them because that kind of can tear down a team's morale. If you kind of switch up your goalie, um, that's a big mental thing. Um, and a lot of the goalies that each of these teams have are also studs. Like none of them are bad goalies. No. Um, but again, with uh, Drew Adams retiring, um, you also have um, Galloway retiring. 
Um, there's definitely some holes to fill, but I think if these PLL teams are smart, um, I think that they're better off just picking up from the player pool um, or free agents um, or just guys that like they don't draft them and then they pick them up after the draft. I don't think it's worth wasting a pick on a goalie. They only get so they only get so many picks. Um, so I think it's they're better off not wasting a pick on a goalie and just picking someone up. There's so many good ones in the player pool and um, that are like not going to get drafted. You can just pick them up after the draft. I like um, that. Too. I like that too. Um, Obviously, it's tough. I mean, I, I would if it's tough, like you don't you don't draft the guy. And then like the week after the draft, you call him. You're like, all right, like we didn't draft you, but we want to pick you up. But we didn't want to waste a draft pick on you. Like that's demoralizing and it's tough. But at the same time, these players like realize how tough it is to get that goalie spot. So they're like, you know what? I don't give a shit. Just sign me. I want to play. Yeah. I want to come to practice and I want to earn my spot. Absolutely. Um, so I think that I think that they'll be fine. Um, and obviously hoping that. Drake Porter gets one of those spots because um, he deserves it. And he's just an absolute character. Yeah. Um, like he, he, he's a funny guy. I mean, I, I've known him for a long time and he, he was funny growing up and like everyone, a lot of people know his Twitter and kind of his antics and he's a funny guy, but honestly, like right when we started the interview, um, like Gino really didn't have much context other than just reading his social media. And he was like, right away, like I could tell, like he was just going to be funny and a good interview. Um, so on that note, we'll, uh, We'll kick you to that interview um, and we hope you enjoyed as much as we did. And we hope you laughed as much as we did um, and hope you enjoy it. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good week. This interview is brought to you by quench gum. The new and improved quench electrolyte sports gum is packed with electrolytes and bursting with flavor. It acts fast to quench your thirst and help with dry mouth. Quench gives you the edge to reach your next peak. Click the link in our bio and use promo code stones 20 for 20% off your order. Hey guys, today's guest is from beautiful Aurora, Ontario, but made the decision to go to the prestigious IMG Academy where he later graduated from. He then went on to have a stellar career at Syracuse University where he was a member of the All-ACC team and led the ACC in save percentage in 2019 and 2020. He was also a second team All-American and a member of the Tia Wharton watch list. He accomplished all those accolades while being an absolute weapon academically, being a five-time member of the ACC honor roll. Welcome, Drake Porter. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. That was, that was a nice intro. I haven't heard that in a while. So nice, <laughs> nice to remind myself. Uh, I did accomplish something here and there. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you had, you had a pretty good career. I, I to say the least, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, to get started, I mean, obviously I know a lot of your background, but for our viewers, like kind of explain to us how you got into lacrosse, where it all started back in the day and kind of take us to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up in, uh, in Markham, Ontario, um, and I played lacrosse from when I was like three years old, um, to when I was seven. Um, and then I got cut from like the Markham Thunder select team and I was playing baseball at the time. So it was, it was getting to the point where it was kind of tough to play both. I wasn't a goalie, by the way. Um, I actually scored a decent amount of goals. I played for the Markham select team. We weren't very good, like relative to everyone else, but like I wasn't playing house league and then I got cut and instead of playing house league, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to focus on baseball didn't touch my stick for a while. Um, parents enrolled me at St. Andrews, so SAC, as we call it. Um, we ended up moving to Aurora. Um, and then SAC, they had a lacrosse team. I just thought the helmets looked cool. I'd never seen a field helmet before, and I didn't know, like, there were long poles and stuff. So it was all new, and I was like, oh, screw it. Like, I don't want to play baseball for this school. Like, I'll just play lacrosse. So I was one of the few guys who had played before. So, like, I picked it up right away and was able to play. 
Um, and I was in sixth grade and the team was middle school. So it went up to eighth grade. Um, and then our goalie got hurt. Um, he wasn't really very good in the first place. He's probably not listening. So I don't feel bad saying it. Um, and then they threw me in and I was like, what do I do? They were like, just try to catch the ball. Um, so I caught a couple, had a bunch go off my head and stuff. Um, I wasn't very good. I thought I was good. Um, and then they were like, oh, you're a new goalie. So I kind of just had to ride with it from there. Uh, played with the Redbirds, played with um, Edge, uh, got cut from Team Ontario, U16, still bitter about it, still pisses me off. Um, and then my senior year, I hadn't really been recruited yet. Um, I felt like I was improving a lot. I kind of wanted to give one more go of it. Um, so IMG called. They needed a goalie. Um, offered me like a decent deal to go. I, I was, you know, visited the campus. It was like the most insane thing I'd ever seen. So, of course, I was I was all in. Um, and Kyle Hebert was actually going. I knew he was going to go to the Hill at the time. So we had played together on edge and I was like, and I guess for anyone who doesn't know, like they, uh, he went on to Stony Brook. He was the Canada U19 goalie. We played together forever. Good friends, but I was not in the mood to compete with him anymore. So I went, I uh, went to IMG and then Syracuse right before I went to IMG. Um, I had a pretty good summer on the recruiting trail, uh, like three or four schools out of nowhere, kind of contacted me late. Um, Syracuse gave me like the best deal. Um, not only like I always wanted to go there, but they actually gave me the, the most competitive deal, like financially, um, and made it work, which like, to me was like hilarious and shocking. Cause they were not even on my list of like realistic schools. It kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, and then I ended up at Cuse, um, doing some stuff now with, uh, with Canada, um, looks like I'm probably going to go to, uh, like a training camp. Uh, can't really say much on it right now. Um, and definitely if you know anything about pro lacrosse, you don't celebrate until pens to paper. So we'll see what happens there, but it's looking good. Um, so, and I'm coaching now with, uh, with goalie Smith full time. So ho I hope that wasn't too much, but yeah, that was pretty much, uh, my lacrosse experience from start to finish. No. Yeah. That's a pre pretty cool story. I mean, it is crazy. Cause like I didn't really get in contact with you and like our past didn't really cross until edge for a little bit. Um, and it was just kind of like, yeah, I remember when like I went to the Hill um, for my junior and senior year. Um, and I remember when you transferred to IMG and I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, that's like awesome for him. Like good spot, like sick. And then all of a sudden when you committed to Syracuse, like literally lacrosse bro was just like, holy shit. Like that's so sick. Like we like, I, I always knew, like, I knew you were a sick goalie. I knew you would play division one, but like Syracuse, I was like, holy shit, like good for him. Like, that's awesome. And then like, so talk to us through that. I mean, you get to Syracuse on campus, like your eyes must've been wide. Like you get there, obviously Syracuse historic um, coach Desco, phenomenal coach. Like talk us through what happened once you got on campus your freshman year and like how your four years went. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty, pretty crazy. And I was like, honestly, really overwhelmed. Like looking back, the fact that I like made it to all the meetings and stuff, like everything was so like big to me. And, and I had actually like growing up, Syracuse was like, people always say, oh, like they go to Maryland. Oh, Maryland was always my dream school. Like Syracuse was my dream school. It was the only school that had like highlights on YouTube from ESPN and stuff. And I think Galloway was like the only goalie with highlights. So I was like, oh, Syracuse, like, and then when I was younger, they were winning. When I first started playing in middle school, like 08, 09, they won the championship. So I was, when I showed up, I like was still in disbelief that I was even there. I was like, how the hell did I pull this off? Like, and I was really honestly like worried about um, going into that first fall with practices. So at Syracuse, how it works is you get two weeks 
And then where you do nothing like lacrosse, you just get acclimated to school. Um, like you do your syllabus week, which as you can imagine, um, weeds out a lot of guys who get in trouble right away. So I made it through that. I didn't get in trouble. Um, and then practice started and I was really like intimidated. Um, I didn't know how I was going to do like, I watched the guys shooting around and I was like, Oh my God, like these guys sling the ball. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it just kind of worked out that I happened to be playing good lacrosse at the time, which gave me a lot of confidence like early. Um, and then from there, I just kind of like kept going, kept, you know, making more saves every day, kind of just surprising myself, like didn't know I could do this. And, um, my first two years I didn't play. Um, but I was like, it was sort of like how I always was where I was just like, almost just too dumb to like overthink anything. Like I was just like, I'm just going to go out there every day and like, I'm going to try to make as many saves as possible, probably piss some people off in the process and just like keep going. Um, and they like my freshman year, I didn't even have a chance of playing. Like I was third on the depth chart and like two seniors ahead of me. Um, but in my mind, I was like, Oh man, like two injuries. I'm the starting guy. I got to make sure I'm <laughs> rep. So, um, so that was kind of funny. I, I was just like looking back, like I, I was just so like dumb and like kind of shocked by everything and just was like, I'm just going to give this all I got. So I guess that's the best way I can describe it. I was overwhelmed, but like really competitive right away. That's awesome. Um, kind of still on the topic of Syracuse. Obviously, there's there's one game that you remember you know, throughout your career that kind of sticks out uh, that also probably had a pretty eventful post game afterwards. Um, you know, getting as much detail as you want about that and, you know, talk about the game that you played in uh, that kind of kind of sticks out to you. Yeah, I think it was it was one I didn't actually like play in. I was on the bench, but it was Jamie Trimboli was a guy who was in our class. He's in the PLL now. Super awesome guy. Um, and, you know, like you go to like school, like your friend group is your class. And he was the only freshman playing. So like he was our like guy, like anytime he made a play, we were on the end of the bench like, let's go. So then <laughs> we get in the Duke game and it was his first time on the first line. And he had like a pretty good game. I remember he had like a couple turnovers. I won't, you know, get after him too much, but we get into the overtime and um, I think it was like Sergio through Salcedo through a pass meant to throw it to Mariano. Jamie like picked it off, grabbed it and scored for, took like the dumbest shot ever. You can look it up on YouTube. You scored from like 17 yards out high to high. Um, <laughs> I think the goalie must have been screened or something, but we as a class, like, cause that was like our guy, we went nuts. And like, <laughs> we were in the dorms that night, like doing whatever. And like the, and then the, uh, like anyone who walked by, like, we were just so like dumb. We'd be like, Oh, like, you know, Jamie Trubola, he scored the game winner. Today. This is him. This is the guy. Um, and we all had shaved heads at the time. Um, cause that was like our rookie thing we did. So we're all bald, like in a little like huddle in the dorms, like, he scored the game winner. So it was like a hilarious night. And like looking back, one of my favorite nights like at Syracuse. And there's something like a little bit pure about it too. Cause like we just, we had one guy who played and we just were like all in for him. Like there was no jealousy. It was like, that is our freshman who plays. Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of teams that like, aren't like that. I mean, I've experienced it like before where like teams like, yeah, like obviously guys, want to be playing and that's fine you should be competing and wanting to play but once it comes to game day like it's about the team winning and it's like you ride with your boys and especially if you got someone like in your class and in your tight friend group like if he's on and you're not like you're just hyped up for him and you're hyped up for the team which is how it should be so that's so awesome that it was like you guys had that experience 
Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, I mean, obviously the team was close when I was there and like the classes I noticed at Syracuse for whatever reason, like so tight, like my, so my class, my group group at uh, Syracuse, our grade all came in together. We've had guys transfer out guys end up different spots. Some guys quit like our group chat from our freshman year is still like intact and active all hours of the day. Like everyone's texting opinions. Like it's hilarious. So and we're like, we get together for like a retreat every year. We'll go to someone's hometown. So this is like summer. It was long Island. So we're like super close and all the guys are cute for close. So, and that was like awesome throughout just kind of having that like family atmosphere. For sure. I mean, speaking more about cues, talk to us a bit about um, Coach Desco, obviously a very historic coach, has done a lot of great things for the game. And then also your thoughts on kind of the new coaching change and what you thought, what you think the future of Syracuse looks like. Yeah, I mean, Coach Desco was like the man. He was the one who recruited me. Um, so, I mean, I'll always have nothing but good things to say about him. Anyone who knows me knows I'm like gassing him up. I always thought he was funny. He was perfect for me. I, I never needed a coach or wanted a coach who was just like some guys love it when their coach is on them and like always yelling. Like he was really hands off in a lot of ways and kind of just let us, you know, really experience college and hold each other accountable um, in a way, which there were times where did we hold each other accountable well enough? No, but like we learned that lesson from each other. You know what I mean? He didn't have to sit there and, you know, be tracking our location or texting us at all hours of the day. Like, it was truly a team run by the captains and the players on the team. And I, that was something I always loved about Desco was the team really was as good as we wanted it to be. Um, I wish we could have, could have been better. I feel like we, we should have gone past the first round a couple of years and, and that's on us, but, uh, but he was awesome. And something, someone who I always like have a ton of respect for, cause he really gave us a lot of freedom um, in that way. And then the new coaching staff, I know is honestly, you know, Gary and Desco were pretty close when I was there. Um, and I think just keeping that within like the Syracuse family um, is something that's really cool. Cause it's a unique program. There's only been, he's like the fifth coach ever for Syracuse. Um, so to have him, like, obviously he's a legend of the program. He's Canadian too. So it's going to be nice to see more Maple Leafs on the bag of helmets now. Um, and then pe getting Petra Ma as a defensive coordinator is pretty crazy because, you know, if you look at his resume, you could argue he, he should be a head coach right now. So getting someone with that type of mind and then um, the offensive coordinator was able to return, which gave Pat March, which gave like a lot of like kind of synergy, like guys who know the offense don't have to learn something brand new. Um, and then TD Erland uh, with the faceoff guys, you can't really ask for much better. So it's, it's exciting. Um, and I know like Desco, um, kind of left on his own terms, which is something he always wanted to do. So, so that was nice as well. Um, uh, but yeah, it's exciting now as a fan, it's pretty crazy watching. This has been my first time the past couple of weeks, but, uh, but yeah, it's been good. What were your thoughts on the game, uh, against the Terps on Saturday? So I couldn't watch it live, but I rewatched it. And, um, I mean, they look awesome. Like they're like fighting hard. Um, and you know, like the expectations, I think for so many were so low, um, but like there's so much talent on that team, younger talent. Um, like I think they're going to be fine. And I think like holding Maryland to 14 defensively and goaltending Bobby Gavin is like a huge accomplishment and something they can sort of build off going forward. So it's exciting. Obviously I would have loved to win, but it's a, it was pretty exciting and, and I'm happy for all those guys. Yeah. A lot of people really are kind of writing Syracuse off already this year. I mean, we talked about it on our first episode when we gave kind of like our top five and like honorable mentions for each division. Um, and like Syracuse wasn't anywhere close to the top five in like any polls. 
Um, and like, we, we kind of, we gave a little bit of like respect to them, like knowing the guys that are returning um, and especially the addition of the new coaching staff, like, I don't think like there's any way they can't be successful. I mean, maybe they're not going to make it to the final four, but I think they're going to finish in the top 10, no doubt. Um, and I think that they, if some pieces fall into place and they go on a little run, there's no doubt in my mind that they can be in the final four this year. Yeah. And I, I also like, I agree with that. And I don't necessarily think the ACC is like as loaded as people thought it was. I think some teams, you know, the media doesn't realize when you lose certain players. So I know like, and I'm not dumping on any team in particular, but like, I, you know, you watch these teams and no one's talking about, they lost their second and third defensemen. But, you know, I know like after watching and knowing that team, knowing guys on the team, how important those guys are. And I also know the younger guys on the roster and I don't think they're quite as good. So like, I don't think that the ACC, everyone was like, Oh, well, Cuse is going to lose. They're a good team, but the ACC is loaded. I definitely think there's one or two good teams. I won't get into particulars because I know way too many guys, but I don't think it's quite as loaded top to bottom as people think, which gives Syracuse like a really good chance. And, and honestly, all it takes, you know, is two or, two or three good games in May. You get yourself a decent seed, you blow out someone in the first round, and then it's you're three games away from a title. I mean, UNC went, did it unranked uh, in 2016. And, and, you know, like Syracuse, you know, I think they have still have a really good chance with an at-large. Uh, even with the Maryland loss with like their schedule. So I'm excited to see kind of how things shake up for them. I think they got a lot better of a chance than, than people are giving them. Any no, insider I, knowledge on Owen Hiltz? Will he be back for the remainder of the season or, you know, that's disclosed. No, for- no insider knowledge uh, there. They, if there's one thing they do at Syracuse, it's the, they got the new house journalism school. So they know uh, how to shut their players up pretty well. Um, I, I got, I got nothing for you there. I wish I did. <laughs> So a little scenario that we ask um, most of our guys that come on, um, obviously you're our first goalie, um, but so similar concept though, what would be out of every stick you've ever used or like that you even like now, what would be your all time stick setup, um, head, shaft and mash? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, ECD goalie head. I think they're calling it the impact, but they're prototyping it right now. And I live five minutes away, so they've been letting me take shots with it. And I love the thing. I used it in the fall um, at the Canada stuff and really liked it. Uh, so huge fan of that. I'm going to go with that for the head. Um, for the shaft, I'm going to go with the Nike Vandal. Used it in high school. All black. Haven't been able to find one since. Thought it looked cool. Uh, handled well. It was ni- nice and narrow. And then what else? Uh, for mesh, I'm going to go with the uh, the OG, and this is tough to find too, the OG Jimalax like 12D hard mesh. It's like $6 a piece of mesh. I used to just like, because we would get charged for custom, so I would just order like five pieces of it uh, and try to get it over the border. Um, and yeah, I think that, that would be the ideal stick setup for me. I'm sorry, you guys probably don't know as much about the goalie stuff, but. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we're both like big time stringers, but I mean, the I, I agree with that stuff. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I haven't really seen much with the new um ecd goalie heads i'm definitely gonna have to check that out um but yeah are you so are you doing any like work with them or anything like i know i've seen some videos of you like in there in the headquarters taking some shots and you just mentioned that like you guys doing anything cool there yeah so the uh it's actually like something that's pretty cool they're designing a goalie head and and the company that i'm working for now goalie smith um started the process when i wasn't working with them but i've sort of helped them um, as we go through, so we're helping them design the goalie head, kind of giving them thoughts for, cause we trained so many kids throughout a year, probably like upward, like to have well over a thousand, 
Um, so we just like getting their thoughts. What do you look for in a head? What, what do you not like about what you have? What do you want? Um, and then we've been able to give them a bunch of notes and they kind of just took that and ran with it. Um, and then over the summer prototyping a bunch of different plastics and molds, um, they would basically just have me, you know, a guy who played five years in college, kind of know what, what I like and what I don't like, and I could give them a pretty good feel and I'm pretty into sticks. Um, so while I was trying to, uh, keep myself fresh and, and train for the Canada stuff in the fall, I was using a bunch of their heads, um, and giving, giving them thoughts on it. It's been actually been really cool, uh, to be a part of. And then I also coach on that ECD turf. Um, like what's it called? like, I'll coach like younger goalies. I'll just do a session of like four or five young guys, um, like at night. And so sometimes I'll run into them there and I'll just give them my thoughts, like a rundown. Hey, this plastic was good. A little too flexy stuff like that. So it's been really cool to be a part of for me, something I didn't really know I was getting myself into, but it's been fun. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like designing ahead, all the, all the testing they do and everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you kind of dove into it quickly, um, but kind of give us more of a rundown. What's what's your deal with Goalie Smith? I mean, pretty cool. I mean, we've seen you kind of over their Instagram and kind of you taking a role with them. Talk us through what your role is there and what the future looks like for you guys. Yeah, so they uh, they kind of contacted me. I was looking. They knew I wanted to coach. Um, I coached one event for them two years ago, um, and then I would played in some of their college stuff because they'll train college goalies even too and get them reps. Um, so I kind of had a relationship with them, uh, didn't think much of it. And then they contacted me out of nowhere, like after the fall last year, um, and said, Hey, what do you think about joining us full time after graduation rather than coaching college? Um, which is something I hadn't really thought about. And then I met up with them in Baltimore over break. We sort of laid down a plan, um, talked salary, talked everything else. And it was something that was really attractive to me. Um, and then I ended up locking in for that. So starting in June, I began coaching with them and, and basically, um, I run the youth stuff. So like I said, small group trainings and then high school, I'm a, like assistant type. I'll still run some of that stuff as well. Um, and we basically do a lot of local training in Maryland, um, for goalies. And then we'll travel around, uh, preseason or off season to a bunch of different spots and run camps and, and try to just like uh, give as much as we can. And, and one thing I really like about them is it's not necessarily like we have our things we try to teach, but you're not showing up for, you know, it's like for you guys, if you go to a shooting clinic, you want to go get reps, right? You can listen to what the guy's telling you about shooting, but you don't want to be sitting there for two hours standing while he explains like shooting, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you should be doing this. You can do it. He says, but, what we do is like, you no matter what you show up, you're getting a shit ton of reps. So like we go like hour and a half, you're barely standing around. It's just like reps, 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 which I loved in college. Um, and it was like, I would always laugh. Like, do I believe, did I believe in college? Like everything they were telling me technique wise? No, I took like stuff here and there, but I knew when I went, I was getting like a ton of reps. Um, so that's like the biggest thing we do, which I think is like, it's hard to put together because you need to get shooters. You need to make sure you have enough balls, you have enough goalies. But like when it does come together, it's, it's a pretty cool product and something I'm like stoked to be uh, involved in. So yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. I can't complain. That's sweet. Do you still want to get into like college coaching or just kind of riding this wave with, with goalie Smith for as long as it lasts and, and go from there? Yeah. I mean, I really did for a while. I was kind of like, Oh, maybe I'll do this goalie Smith thing for a year. Um, but I've been pretty surprised with like how much I've liked it. Um, so I mean, like until I, I joke around, like until the foot drops and I figure out like, Oh, I really hate this or like something bad happens. Like 
it's kind of just been a dream for a year. I get to coach, uh, coach goalies all the time. It's the best. So, um, I'm planning on sticking with them and, and we have a plan put together. It's, there's some stuff with, uh, you know, Shans will probably tell you the, uh, the visas and all that, that can yeah. make everything complicated, but as long as they're, they're happy to have me and, uh, this country of the USA is, is happy to keep me around. Uh, I'm planning on uh, sticking with them for a while. Yeah. Are you on, are you on an OPT right now? Yeah. So I'm on OPT and um, I'm actually probably going to go grad school uh, this next year. Um, and then Smart. So that see- gets you, yeah. So that gets you two more, like another year and a half, two years. Yeah. That's, that's the plan right now. And I'll probably, I'm probably going to be a grad assistant um, just kind of like looking around at a few schools, a few different options, but yeah. Yeah. Cause that would be, that'd be clutch if you could do it somewhere. I mean, obviously this would be a big time if you could do it somewhere kind of in Baltimore and then get your school paid for, and then also still work for goalie Smith on the side. So you get the best of both worlds. You, you yeah. got it. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> that would be the dream. Um, kind of, um, we got, I had a, a quick conversation this morning, um, with a mutual friend we have. Um, and he, uh, he had some things to kind of question you on um, that you could uh, talk to us about and give us a little insight on. Um, so I was talking with Stinson this morning um, and he said that uh, when you used to go to high school parties in Uxbridge, uh, you used to always wear a collared shirt and girls literally just thought you were a millionaire because for those of you who don't know, Uxbridge is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a really nice area, but it's kind of in the country. Um, and word for word, he said, everyone else there was wearing grass stained t-shirts. What are your thoughts? I mean, this, this is true. And I, I definitely realized, so I wore like, first of all, it wasn't college shirts. It was just not dirty clothing. I wore like <laughs> khaki shorts and like a, like a light blue t-shirt. And like, I guess they just weren't like, everything was camo there and like, like dirties and i think i shaved my face and like didn't have like a gross like muzzy like i have right now and like all the girls and i was single at the time and all the girls were like oh my god like he's like this like <laughs> clean cut prep boy like straight out of uh like what's that thing? like gossip girl like one of those <laughs> dudes like rich dudes which was like hilarious looking back and then i i kind of realized it and anytime i went back i would like he's kind of right like i would play it up a bit more just because i like got me some attention which was much needed at the time. Um, it's hilarious. He called me out on that, but yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the uh, situation there. Fair enough. And then how was, how was uh, his brother Kyle's wedding? Uh, Kyle's wedding was electric. It was tons of fun. Uh, it was, I showed up. Um, I don't know if I want to expose Stinson like this, but he, there was a girl who was supposed to be going and then something happened. So she couldn't go. Um, I, he was like, Oh, you want to just be my plus one? Cause I was like an hour away in Florida, like on vacation with my family. So I went, I picked up like a suit. I showed up and I, I didn't really know anyone, um, of like Kyle's friends or, or Maureen's friends is, is now wife. Um, but I was at the head table, like, cause Tyler is like the best man. So I was like involved in everything and I didn't know anyone. And I was just this drunk, like 20 year old idiot, like, Hey, what's up? So that was, uh, it was a pretty fun time. And I'm looking back, it's like hilarious. Like I didn't know anyone, but I was like at the main table, like really involved in the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, last thing from him. Um, I heard you made a, a statement that um, you are never going to lift a weight again for the rest of your life. Is that true? This is, this is true. I still haven't. I, I graduated in May. I hated lifting in high school and never did it. And I hated it in college. I did it because I had to. 
Um, and I will never lift one for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll run. I'll like, I'll do some push-ups here and there, but I'm never lifting weight. I absolutely hate it. No, you don't, you don't have to explain that to me. I hated lifting in college. I, I never, never was into it. And I can probably say that I will probably never lift another weight again. I haven't since I graduated and I probably never will. <laughs> there you go. We both grew mustaches and we don't touch the weight room at all. So. <laughs> Literally the, the best things in life. That's all you need to be successful guys. Oh my God. Uh, kind of on a similar topic. Uh, your Twitter is hysterical kind of digging through that uh, the past couple of days. Uh, I know Shan pulled up one about your, your 4.96 Uber rating. That's a humble brag. Um, <laughs> got to talk us through uh, some of those hilarious tweets. And then, you know, I just saw one with like some face-off beef with, with Jerry Raganese on the SNG <laughs> grip. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Just kind of your Twitter as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've honestly been on Twitter. I'm like, I was like the only guy in my school who was on it starting in like 2011. Like you look at my tweets, they go back to like sixth grade. And I was, yeah, you've been a weapon on Twitter for years. (laughs) Anyone who knows me now, like, dude, I went viral in high school, like tripping ties Andrews. Like I was, I've been like all over it. Um, so like, I was just always something I thought was really like, I always, I followed a bunch of like viral tweeting accounts. Like some guys work at Barstool now. Um, but like little Sasquatch, like KB, no swag. And I always just thought it was so funny. And like a lot of people who followed me, like I kind of knew from across, but it wasn't people in my school. So I would just tweet like dumb shit all the time. And like with one, like popped off into numbers, I'd be like, Oh, cool. Like that was funny. Um, and I've been doing it since like middle school. Um, and I was doing it in college and like, was always a thing. And then when I started, um, it kind of just like blew up because I think people were like, why is the Syracuse starting goalie like tweeting about cereal the night before a game? Um, <laughs> got a lot of, but it was like, I was just like, it's always something I've liked doing. And, and even like my, so my major in college, not that I'm using it, but I was an advertising major and more specifically like copywriting. So my job was like, or not my job actually was my job for a summer and in an internship, but was basically like write ads for magazines or like, which is pretty much just tweeting. Like if you think about it, just with more like, Hey, you got to write like a funny ad for Jimmy John. So I would write something. Um, so it made sense that it like kind of like went both ways. And I honestly think those classes like refined my skills because I've had some pretty good ones. Like in the past. <laughs> no, your Twitter is electric. I mean, Gino's a huge Twitter guy. Like he's always sending me shit like every day. Um, I'm not like big in the Twitter sphere, but I, I do know that I've been reading and liking your tweets for at least like seven years. Dude, who's a, who's another? We had, dude, we had like a good crop of like edge tweeters. Um, someone, like, yeah, someone else was good. Colin Hunt is unreal on the no, Twitter. Hunt, Hunt, is funny. He's he's always and he he just like he's just like dry like funny yeah. humor even in person. Like he says shit and like I don't even know if he's even trying to be funny and everyone's just like laughing. <laughs> he's one of the funnier guys I've like ever talked to. He's hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I feel like Justin and Asio would like. There was like a core group of like 50 kids in Ontario lacrosse who Justin Nessie was the FOGO at LSU and we would just chirp him on Twitter. And I don't even know if he had one. Like everyone would just rip on this kid. No, it continued at the hill. Everyone just constantly ripping on him. But then like he would be like, yeah, okay. And then he'd try to fight you and he's this big jack guy and he would kick the shit out of any of us. That kid is hilarious, man. I missed him. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping to see him. Uh, this weekend, we're going to the Ohio State-Harvard game um, in Florida. Um, so hopefully 
UNC balled out. Yeah, he killed him. And the week before, he was like 20 out of 22. He, yeah, he, dude, he's been playing on a bum shoulder for two years. He's like finally got it healthy. He's, he's Justin again. It's nice to see. No, it is. He, he's been an animal and he's going to continue to be, hopefully it continues into his pro career. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's enough credit. We should just start going back to ripping to him soon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't need to. Yeah, we're jerking him off too much here. Yeah. <laughs> I know you kind of touched at it at the beginning uh, with, with the PLL. Um, do you uh, feel a little snub not getting picked up? Uh, in the draft last year after a very successful career at Cuse. Uh, and I guess, um, you know, talk us through through that a bit in as much detail as you, you can, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was – I mean, getting a goalie spot in the pros is super, super hard. So I sort of knew going into the season, even though, like, especially preseason, I got more hype than I was ever comfortable with. But the um, – they merged the leagues. So it went from uh, 16 teams to like eight teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew, cause I knew no matter what, like, okay, I'll get an MLL spot. If I don't go to the PLL, like I should be able to get a backup spot in the MLL. Like it, no matter what happens, I should be able to do that. And then when they merged leagues in January, I was kind of like, Oh shit. Like if I would need a spot, like there's like 16 really, really good goalies on these teams right now. So if they're going to take me in a draft, like I need to be really, really good. Um, and to be honest with you, like I kind of real, like I had a really good first half of the season last year. Uh, percentages were great. I felt like I was leading the team doing a lot. Um, we had like uh, some pretty bad timing um, with like injuries defensively. Um, and then we had some stuff going on off the field. I, I legally can't get into, um, but I'm sure, you know, what I'm alluding to, um, and it just kind of like, I wasn't playing my best lacrosse. I knew I wasn't playing my best lacrosse. Our team wasn't playing our best lacrosse. Um, and I, it was right before the draft, sort of that, like three weeks leading up, I had three games where I let in like 18 goals, only made 14 saves, like 20 goals, only made 11, like bad Oh, I will say it. I played a lot of games in my career, not my best showings. Um, so I was kind of like, I mean, I, I wasn't really bitter because I knew how hard it was going to be. So I wasn't really shocked, but I really, really wanted to play. So I was disappointed in that way because I was like, shit, like, is this how my career ends? So I wasn't necessarily feeling like snubbed of these guys all suck. I'm better. It was more just like, I want to keep playing. So yeah. like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever I can. So I had a coach kind of contact me. Um, and then, as you know, there were some issues about like about going out after um, camp because undrafted players couldn't play um, right away. Like you couldn't go to camp if you weren't drafted. You had to wait until after so that you saw a couple guys get picked up later yeah. in the season um, with my visa. So you saw Jeff T had to wait. Um, for his visa to process and he could only play in like the fourth game of the season, the the way the timing worked, I wouldn't have been able to play until the end of the season. So it really made no sense to sign me last year. Um, that coach has remained in contact with me. And, and again, there's stuff going on with, uh, with the signing, but it looks pretty good. And for me, it's just like getting an opportunity to keep playing because it did suck kind of having to sit on the sideline. And I'm like, I feel young. I feel like I can still play and I feel like I can still play at a high level. So I've continued to train and like see shots as if I'm, you know, set to play. Um, and it's sort of been like that. I mean, I, there's no real ill will, you know, I understand it. The, you, you, these coaches have their goalies and, you know, f- especially with, with the pro situation with goalies, it's like, 
you know, your team has their two guys. If they've got good chemistry on the team, why would you bring in some, you know, 23 year old? You don't know how he's going to act. He could just be a total, total dickhead. Um, and those guys could play for like 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? So I get it. And, you know, a lot of respect for all the goalies who are, who are in the league. Um, I'm just hoping to hopefully at least get a shot at a training camp and, and show what I can do. I guess that's a really long winded answer to, uh, oh, that's to your question. That's <laughs> no, I mean, so at least um, I assume like you're still doing some stuff um, like with the national team and stuff. So hopefully still getting some reps there. Um, but yeah, like, so obviously you're not, you said you're still training, obviously not in the weight room. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you're still getting reps and stuff. Obviously I know you're coaching a ton, but as long as you're still getting some reps and seeing some shots and getting some coaching, I mean, yeah, there's nothing that says like you can't make a step in. I mean, you, you've proven yourself to be a good enough goalie and face these big time shooters. Um, what, what do you think? Like if the PL came knocking tomorrow, like, boom, you're signing. Yeah. So I, I can't get into the weeds here, but there's a, there's a team who's like looking to sign me and then they're, they're waiting on a couple things, but you, there's, there's a reason some teams haven't signed their off season waiver guys yet. And some have. Um, and again, I'm not going to get into it too much, but it, it sounds like I'm going to have a pretty good shot to get picked up. Um, like I said, until inks the paper, <laughs> I'm not celebrating, but I'm uh, I mean, to, for me, training is like, pretty, pretty easy to do. Like I almost have no excuse not to, if I even have like a 4% chance of playing because I coach these sessions and we have college shooters or high level high school shooters. So all I have to do is turn to the other coaches say, okay, can you guys take over, put my gear on and hop in, um, which I do like a pretty good amount. I try to do it once, you know, every couple of weeks. Um, and it's like, I was joking with my friend. I was like, I have like, I am in a spot where there's no excuse for me not to be getting reps because I'm watching kids get reps. Every, like that's my job and then <laughs> I can hop in whatever I want. So like, I'm in a really good spot to train there. And it helped me a lot headed into the, uh, the sixes thing in the fall where I really felt like, you know, we as a team had a great showing. And then personally, I, I was able to play better than I kind of thought I would. Um, and that was just kind of a credit to being able to get the reps from, from the goalie Smith sessions. Like I said, like when I hop in there, I know I'm getting like probably 150 shots in an hour and a half. So like, I know I'm getting the volume. Um, and that gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, I headed into the sixes. Whereas if I were working my, like a desk job, uh, like I kind of thought I might, uh, I might just be picking up my stick for the first time in six months and, and hopping on a plane and hoping to go play, see how I show out for Canada or, or in PLL camp. So I guess I've got no, what I'm trying to say is I've got no excuses to show up and look like a bum. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to know what I can do. Fair enough. I mean, uh, last scenario we got for you here. Um, it's kind of flipped again as you're our first goalie. Um, but we've been asking guys what their all time man up would be, but if you're in the net and you're man down right now in overtime and you got to make a stop, who's the five guys in front of you that you've played with over your career. They don't have to be Syracuse guys. They can be, but all time you put together your best five that you've ever played with. So man down, you got to have a good IQ, good sticks. So I'm going to go Colin Hunt, um, top left, Tyson Bomberry, bottom left, Brody Merrill, top right, naturally. Um, and then I'm trying to think of, I would go, um, what's his name? Dylan Tullett used to coach our team. I feel some loyalty there. And he had an unbelievable stick in college. Should be playing in the pros. People forget. Um, and then at short stick, he, if he heard this, he'd probably laugh. But I'll go Peter Dirk, just a freak athlete, tall, rangy, jump around, knock down passes. He used to hate playing in the man down. But uh, 
that'll be my five there. No, it sounds like a pretty fire group. I forgot, like, I mean, obviously we just talked about it, but like you played for Team Canada, so I forgot you got like Brody Merrill and even other guys <laughs> as well. That's that's just not fair. <laughs> you guys an absolute weapon. Um, all right, well, man, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your time. Um, hoping for the best for you. Hopefully get to see you in a PLL uniform this year. Whoever that is, we'll be cheering for them. Um, keep up the work with the goalie Smith stuff. I mean, huge stuff coming out of them and obviously excited to see the new ECD stick that you're helping out with. Um, but overall, just thanks again, man. And hopefully if you're on a roster this summer, we can get you back on and talk some PLL stuff. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. You guys take care. Uh, good, luck, uh, good luck with everything moving forward. You as well, brother. Thank you.